0: Welcome to What The Health Podcast, where we help you lead a happier and healthier life by offering a wide range of health and wellness news and insights. I'm John Salak, your host. If you like what you hear, be sure to visit our news site at wellwellusa.com and sign up for our weekly news blasts. Now, let's get started with the show. Let's talk about sleep today or the lack thereof because we need to wake up to the dangers of insomnia and sleeplessness. It is a hidden health crisis and it's threatening the young, the middle-aged, and older adults with both short and long-term health implications. Now I'm going to start with a bet. I bet you're tired a lot of the time. Maybe all of the time. Guess what? You're not alone. Perhaps a third of American adults are sleep deprived. And depending on who's counting, that puts the raw number at somewhere between 50 and 70 million adults who are moping around on any given day. What may be worse, it's estimated that 30% of adults are wrestling with insomnia, and 1 in 10 are dealing with chronic insomnia. Now, maybe you're not a sleep expert, but in case you're wondering, sleep deprivation means that people are simply not getting the hours of sleep they need. They want to, they just didn't time in the day. They're too busy, they don't have enough time to do it. For those suffering from insomnia, it means even though they have the time, they just can't fall asleep even though they want to. Now, either way, the lack of rest is dangerous. In fact, it may even be killing us, killing the young and shortening the lives of mature and older adults. Wellwell well recently reported on a study presented to the American College of Cardiology that found young people who sleep well are less likely to die early than their peers who have trouble sleeping. Related data suggests that about 8% of deaths from any cause could be attributed to poor sleep patterns. Obviously, there are a lot of interconnected issues here, but sleep obviously contributes to your health. Research also found, and this is the same research, also found that adult men who sleep well add almost five years to their lives compared to those who don't. Women who sleep well tend to add a little over two years to their lives compared to women who don't. Now, this may not be surprising for many, but women suffer insomnia at a much higher rate than men. In fact, they have about a 40% higher risk of insomnia during their lifetime than do men. Men, in turn, have a much greater chance of obstructive sleep apnea. 12.5% to about 3.3% for women. Now, sort of the elephant or the room or the issue we need to face, not just whether we're sleeping enough, how much sleep do we need? Well, well, well checked in with the Sleep Foundation, and it advises that newborns need about 14 to 17 hours sleep daily. A preschooler should get 10 to 13 hours, while a teenager needs to not off at about 8 to 10 hours a day. By the time someone reaches middle age, they should log in seven to nine hours, and when they hit 65, maybe we need about seven or eight hours of sleep a night. Americans are losing sleep for all sorts of reasons. We're either overweight, we eat too late, we're sick, we're menopausal, we're jet-lagged, maybe we're too stressed out, we drank too much alcohol before bed, our sleeping partner snores. Yeah, we got to visit the bathroom constantly during the middle of the night. Maybe we're jacked up on caffeine or nicotine. Or we can't put down the damn laptops, cell phones, and iPads. You know, the blue light, those devices emit, wreak havoc with your brains, which does nothing to promote sleep. In fact, it hinders it. Oh, yeah, being pregnant doesn't help. Neither does having restless leg syndrome, nightmares, sleepwalking, having injuries, or sleep apnea. One estimate also notes that 50% of insomnia cases stem from anxiety, depression, or psychological issues. Now, come March, there may be another issue as well. And Wellwell's reported on this several times, and that's the impact of daylight savings time. Sure, when the clocks spring forward in March, we lose an hour of sleep. But the impact that hour has on our body over the several days is pretty significant. It leads to lingering fatigue, which reputedly leads to a spike in car crashes, heart attacks, strokes, depression, and workplace accidents. Now, America's problem, or chronic problem, with sleeplessness and insomnia isn't just a personal issue. We're going to get into more of that in a minute. But it also is a societal issue, and here are some examples. The U.S. experiences 6,000 fatal car crashes each year because of fatigue. People suffering from insomnia are seven times more likely to have a workplace accident than those who sleep well. And obviously, those car crashes and workplace accidents not only affect the people who haven't slept well or are fatigued, they're also affecting people around them. Nurses who are forced to work 12.5 hour shifts are three times more likely to commit medical errors as those better rested workers working eight hours, and we all know nurses work incredibly hard, so no one is blaming them. We're just talking about the hours they work and the impact of fatigue on them. Overall, the impact of sleeplessness, insomnia, medical bills, lost productivity, accidents, on the economy is $400 billion annually. Now, those are the societal issues. It's also a very personal problem. It's more than just lousy sleep. Sure, at a minimum, you don't sleep well, you're tired. You're probably also grumpy, less productive. Maybe you're a little more prone to accidents. But things get worse from there. And this is going to lead to short and long-term serious medical issues. And here are some of the things it can lead to. Chronic fatigue. It can lead to long-term cognitive and memory issues. Many studies have also linked it to Alzheimer's. Now, this can also lead to mood swings that can lead to severe depression and anxiety. It can also weaken your immune system. If you have a weakened immune system because you're constantly tired, you're more susceptible to colds, flus, and other problems. It also leads to weight gain, or at least there's a correlation between fatigue and weight gain, probably because you're not as active. You're not as active. You're not burning calories. You're less likely to go to the gym. You're more sedentary. You're sitting down on the couch snorting Twinkies when you should be doing something else. Obviously, there's also a correlation between fatigue, sleeplessness, insomnia, and heart disease. And heart disease is a big killer, and that ranges through a lot of problems. It also lowers your sex drive. If you're tired, you're going to have a lower sex drive. You're also going to have poorer balance. And there are other issues as well. But those are some of the critical ones. And many of those are life-threatening. Now, a lot of these problems also create a vicious cycle. Well, let's think that if fatigue or sleeplessness leads to weight gain, well, then the heavier you are, the less likely you're going to sleep well. And if you don't sleep well, the more likely you are you're going to gain weight. So that's going to create a cycle, a vicious cycle that's not going to do you any good and it's going to lead to more problems. And that's the same thing for anxiety and depression. The more depressed you are, the less well you sleep. The less well you sleep, the more depressed you are. So that's a terribly vicious cycle. And it only makes things harder. So that's why getting a handle on not just the fact that we don't sleep well as a nation or as people, and so many people are suffering from insomnia and sleeplessness. But the implications are more than just being a little tired and a little grumpy. They really have long-term medical issues that we need to address and think about, and at least begin to think about correcting them. It's natural to scoff off sleep problems. We think It's just a passing issue, we'll take a wait-and-see attitude, and a couple days we'll be sleeping soundly. Sometimes that happens. A lot of times it doesn't because the issues that are creating problems with our sleep patterns are pretty deep, and they may require specialized treatments by professionals. Ultimately, there's no good reason to wait and see your doctor if you're suffering from sleep deprivation or insomnia for an extended period. Medication and other treatments may be required, and waiting isn't going to make matters better, it's only going to mean you're going to lose less sleep. Now, if you are having sleep problems, and a lot of us do at times, you're going to think about what about sleep aids? And sleep aids are a big business. They are all over the place. They come in all sorts of forms and pitches and prices. This is a multi-billion dollar industry. Precedent President's research notes that the global industry for sleep aids, which covers everything, is growing by about 6% annually. Between now and 2030. And over this time, the market is going to go from about $85 billion to $125 billion globally. So obviously, there's a lot of products on the market. Now, some of these sleep products may be perfectly good for you. They may work for some people, not work for others. Some of them may not do anyone any good. They may be a ruse, and some may even be dangerous. We're not telling you not to use them or to look at them. We're just advising you to use caution. And if you are going to Go start engaging with some over the counter products or some things that seem faddish and this could be things like mouth taping some anti snoring devices it's always good to check in with your doctor ahead of time. Does he think he or she think these products are going to work, and is there something you should know about how to use them because some people use these products such as mouth taping in a way that may do more harm than good so think about sleep aids, but be skeptical and suss them out with someone else, with professionals that know maybe a little bit more than you do on that. Now, sleep aids are fine, and there may be medical treatments and medications that will help you with sleep issues, but improving sleep hygiene is, in practices, that, that is always a great idea, and it's something you can do on your own, and ultimately, it will lead to more rest, greater energy, less stress, and improved moods. Now, Sound sleep is always going to start with routines and this means practicing good routines and breaking bad ones, all of which prioritize sleep. So what are some of the routines we're talking about? Okay, it's good to go to bed at the same time every night and ditto for getting up. Your body then feels it's in rhythm and it kind of expects what's going to happen and it begins to naturally prepare itself. It's also a good idea to avoid long time or long daytime naps. Your power nap is fine, but you don't want to be conking out for one to two hours every day unless there's some extenuating circumstances. It's good to start winding down before you hit the sheets. So that means not running around, doing an outside project, doing work, doing something else right up to the time you're going to crash. Because chances are when you hit the sheets, you're going to be wide awake and you're not going to be ready to sleep. And then you're going to be staring at the ceiling. Wondering why you can't go to sleep and then you're going to get anxious and then you're going to have a tougher time sleeping still. Obviously, skip drinking coffee or caffeinated beverages late at night. Some people can do it. A lot of people can't. They don't realize sometimes when their body begins to shift and what they could do at 20 or 30 or 40, they can no longer do at 50 or 60. It's also a good idea not to eat late. I'm totally guilty of this. I wind up eating at 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock at night because I tend to work late. But just because I do it and it's silly, it doesn't mean that you should do it as well. So try and eat earlier. It allows your stomach to digest the food so it's not sitting there when you're lying in bed and you can't sleep. And then you're thinking about, why do I feel so full and bloated? Exercise is a great idea. It's good for all sorts of reasons. It's also good to promote sleep. But it is not a good idea to exercise really late at night within an hour, hour and a half of going to bed, your body is not going to wind down. It's going to be too pumped up from the aerobics or whatever else you're doing, you know. So great exercise, but then you've got to chill out ahead of time. If you can, if you're going to exercise, maybe in the morning, mid-afternoon, obviously if you're playing ball or doing something else at night, it's fine, but give yourself time to chill out. You're not going to be able to go from work or household tasks and exercise right to bed. It's just not going to work. We've said it before, you've got to unplug computers, cell phones, iPads, at least 30 minutes before bedtime. The blue light these devices are sending out is just banging around on the inside of your head, and it's not doing any good. It's going to prevent you from going to sleep. You also don't need to look at your cell phone during the night. 15 times. There's probably nothing happening that you need to really be informed of. And every time you look at it, it just ignites that blue light phenomenon that's not doing you any good. Now, here's the thing what about water and hydrating and stuff like that before bed? It's important to hydrate because if you don't hydrate, you're going to be dry and this is not going to help you sleep. However, if you drink too much, you're going to wind up having to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. Many of us are already susceptible to going to the bathroom several times during the night, especially as we get older. So you want to try and find a happy balance or at least limit what you're drinking late at night. Obviously, things like alcohol, should you shouldn't drink late, late at night. But I'm talking about water or just other non-alcoholic beverages. It's not going to help you. It's also a good idea not to go to bed angry. Whether this means you're angry at a partner, and that's not good for your relationship, Or you've just watched your college basketball team miss a bunny with a second and a half left in the game and you can't believe it and they're not going to make the tournament and you're going nuts. Or you're watching the Mets, God forbid, lose to the Braves. Again, in September, and you think, oh my God, why am I watching this? And it's only going to make you angry. It's not going to do you any good if you're angry with your partner. It's not going to do them any good. Ultimately, you're not going to sleep well. So any problems you have to resolve are only going to be harder. So those are big sort of sleep hygiene elements that you want to consider. And there's some others, but those are some main ones. Now, one thing we do with all of our podcasts, we try and pick a product that is in our Well, well Being community site, which offers exclusive discounts to the members to present to our listeners, especially one that relates to the topic at hand. So for this episode, we are like you guys to a naturepedic organic mattress discount that we offer exclusively through Wellwell USA. And by signing up and being a Wellwell community member, you're going to get 15% off the purchase of any adult, youth, or infant mattress. And all you have to do is sign up to become a member of Wellwell Being. It's free. It's easy, and it also opens you up to hundreds of other exclusive deals available from our community, and they range everything from food to athletic equipment. There's just hundreds of things in there that are good for you. Now, to do it, just go to wellwellusa.com, and you look under Milton's Discounts. You pull down the menu, and you will see the sign up there, and I believe we'll also have other information on that. Now, what we wanted to do, too, is we wanted to offer up specific health hacks for each of our topics. and. On sleep, we've come up with some that we've developed at Well Well from our research and whatnot. They're a little different than the routines. I mean, they do fit into a routine, but they're a little bit different. So, what do we do? We're looking at five different health hacks, things that are going to help you not off. Some of these may work for some of you, they may not work for others, but they do work in many cases. So, one of the things to think about is waiting for sleep. What does that mean? There's an increasing use of weighted blankets that help people relax and fall asleep. It's also similar to what you might use, what's well, bigger, but similar to what you might use, a thunder blanket for a dog. You know that many dogs are terrified of thunder and they have weighted blankets that you can put on them that almost serve as a hug to calm them during thunderstorms. Well, weighted blankets serve the same way to help calm you and help you fall asleep, relax and calm you. They're widely available. They come in all sorts of different costs. I mean, you can check out ratings and rankings, and we'd advise you to do that. But it's believed that they not only help calm you, they help the body release the oxycodins and the serotonins, chemicals that are linked to happiness and relaxation. So that's something to consider. Another health hack that we like is it's worth considering taking a hot bath or a hot shower, or warm hot bath or shower before going to bed. And this promotes better quality sleep. Because funnily enough, by the warmth of the shower, which is relaxing, it allows the body temperature afterwards to fall faster, which builds it into a better sleep cycle. So consider you're having trouble sleeping. Go take a hot shower, warm shower, warm bath. That may help. There is a way some people certainly or we have seen this and seen some research on this. And this is practicing gratitude at bedtime. And it's almost a matter of sort of tossing off the day's concerns. This doesn't have to be a religious element. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. But the concept is to practice gratitude at bedtime through prayer, meditation, or simple reflection. And it's believed, and there's some supportive research to this, though I know some people may doubt it, that it will boost self-esteem and help the body unload and unwind from the day. If that works for you, that's going to make it easier. Another thing you might want to consider is teeing up. And that doesn't mean playing golf before you go to bed. You can play golf during the day. But there are various herbal teas that are believed to help relax the body, especially certain herbal teas such as magnolia, chamomile, lavender. They have been believed to induce relaxation and induce sleep for many, many years, centuries, in fact. Now, The final health hack is a little bit more involved, and this means not just logging off with your cell phones, but logging on. And by doing this, if you're having trouble sleeping, it's advised to keep a record of your sleeping patterns, such as when you went to bed, when you woke up, when you exercised, when you ate, took naps, drank alcohol or caffeine, any of your regular activities. Keep it for a few weeks. And... You can look over that and then track and say, okay, I really didn't sleep well Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, or I didn't sleep well for the last week. What was I doing the last week and why? You can probably pick up patterns that you can see that may be inhibiting your sleep. So it's worth doing that. It's worth tracking what's working for you and what's not working for you. And then we'll pick it up from there and see what's happening. See if you can find, man, I'm doing the same thing every day and it's not working as well as it should. And then you can eliminate it and keep a log and, and do that. I mean, you don't have to go nuts about it, but certainly recording what you're doing to see if it's it's working is is one way to do this. Now, That's what we're covering today or in this episode of What the Health in terms of sleep issues. Again, it is a very big issue. And we have just scratched the surface. There's a lot more involved with sleep issues and insomnia. But if you're one of the tens of millions of Americans who are not getting enough sleep, you've got to figure out why. and, And you've got to try and help yourself get there. There are plenty of sources that you can look at. For help, the Cleveland Clinic, Center for Disease Control, Healthline.com. There's always a lot of great advice online for you to begin to suss out what may be worth doing to make you sleep a little better. And we'd advise you to do that because it's really dangerous. You've got to sleep well to feel well and be well. And we hope you do sleep better and feel better and be better. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of What the Health. Looking for more feel-good news? Just visit our news site at wellwellusa.com and sign up for our weekly news blast. And if you enjoyed this episode and would like to help support our podcast, please share with others, post it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Until next time, keep yourself on that pathway to a healthier, happier you.